Turn it up. Turn it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. Run it up. We going in on everything sports, pop culture, and everything in the world of hip hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Run It Up podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network and a part of Blue Wire Hustle. I am your host, Najee Adams, and I'm super excited to be back with you guys here on this Wednesday evening. Um, Yeah, this episode's going to drop a little later because I had a lot of work to do today and uh, couldn't record it last night. So, you know, uh, it's probably going to drop, what, I'm recording this Wednesday, um, December, what is today? I don't even know what today is, December 9th? Yeah, Wednesday, December 9th, it is currently 5.08 p.m., you're probably hearing this at like 7 p.m., so, uh, if you're listening to it on Wednesday night, I hope you had a great hump day, I hope you had a great day at work, great day at school, great day doing absolutely nothing, I just hope you had a great day, and I hope you ran it up during that day, um, on this episode, you know, we've got, it's been low-key a quiet week in NBA, and NFL, and just, like, sports in general, because, you know, like, it's the, it's kind of like the calm before the storm, like, especially with basketball, things are about to kick into high gear, um, the NFL is about to get into the, the, the dawn of their season when teams are really battling for playoff positioning, but... Uh, on this episode, we're going to dive into, you know, the number one basketball story that there is right now, probably James Harden, where in God's name is Harden now, uh, PG and Kawhi, their treatment with the Clippers and how that caused some turmoil, uh, Paul George's comments on being a Clipper for life, and then we're going to get into the ESPN Top 20 and talk about whether or not they're right or wrong, they're mostly wrong, spoiler alert, and uh, yeah, get into that, but before we do, we gotta dive into the reviews and uh, the ratings. So right now on Apple Podcast, the Run It Up Podcast has a wait timeout. When you look up the Run It Up Podcast before, it would just come up as like some random podcast, like not mine. Mine's would not come up. But now when you look up the Run It Up Podcast, mine is the first one to come up. When you search up Blue Wire Hustle, I'm also there front and center. So you know the vibes. You know we 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 we, we moving up in the world. You feel me? But um yeah, uh, the, the reviews. Before I get into them, I want to give a shout out. Even though my son has not left a review yet, John Bellotti, bro, I know you're listening. You're my guy. Probably the biggest, top five biggest run it up podcast fans. Um, but you can't be number one because you haven't left a review yet. So I don't know what you're doing, but bro, you need to get on that. <laughs> nah, all jokes aside though, shout out John, John Bellotti. Um, you always hold it down, always listen to every episode, always like, always retweet. Um, you're a real one, bro. I appreciate that. But uh, now into the people that actually left reviews. Um, first of all, we got one coming from A Romeo zero two one three. That's from my boy Anthony. Shout out Anthony. Um, he said Naji. Well, first of all, the title was favorite podcast out there. I appreciate you, bro. He said Naji demonstrates a great knowledge of NBA analytics and facts. For someone who's recently getting more into basketball than football, it's really helpful learning the ins and outs of the league. Not to mention, I appreciate his personal takes on topics like free agency rankings and overall play of very teams and players eases me into the world of basketball and makes it super easy to be a fan side note he's just got a voice for radio slash podcasting that's crazy because i personally hate my voice like hearing my voice back i'm like why would anyone want to listen to this 
freaking dweeb. But, you know, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, bro. Um, uh, He said, love the laid-back vibe I get from his show. It's like I'm sitting down having a conversation with him. Looking forward to future episodes and wishing him great success. Bro, I love you for real for this, for this review, because you didn't have to write something this, this, like, detailed. But I appreciate you for taking your time out and writing it. It means the world to me, bro. It truly does. Um, so thank you, thank you, Anthony. Uh, the next review comes from Sammy by the Sea. That is basically my sister Samantha. Uh, she said one of my first of all, the, the I always forget to read the title. The title was Love Nausea's Vibe. Second, uh, it said one of my favorite new pods to listen to on the way back home from work in the afternoon. Highly recommend to everyone who loves sports music and just vibing out. Feels like I'm just chatting with a friend. You already know I love you, Sam. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, that's kind of what I was going for with the podcast, kind of just like a real conversational vibe. Uh, I want you guys to feel like you're just sitting down on your couch, cracking open a cold one and talking to your mans. And I hope that is uh, that's what I achieve on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast now um, and you haven't left a review or rating, I would really, really, really appreciate it. It takes like 30 seconds. So uh, here's what we're going to do. If you're listening to this right now, if whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple, press your home button, go to the uh, podcast app. Click on uh, the Run It Up podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom where it says uh, ratings and reviews, uh, Type that, hit that little five-star button, and then type where it says write a review. Click that, write something, takes like 30 seconds, and it does a world of good for me and the podcast. If you're on Spotify, do the same thing. Click that home button, go to Spotify, go to the Run It Up podcast, press follow, and press download on the episode. Um, and yeah, you've just done your good thing for December. Uh, so if you guys would please do that, I'd really appreciate it. And with that, let's get into our first topic, which will be the disappearing act of Mr. James Harden. Um, so literally maybe 20 minutes before I started recording, Shams tweeted out that, you know, Harden had reported to Houston. He is in Houston. He is with the team. The team knows where he is. You know, he's had contact with the front office. And so with the new NBA protocol, he now needs to get six consecutive negative test days before he can practice with the team. So not even like play games, like not just interact, like just practice with them. That's all. It's currently December 9th, which means Harden won't be eligible to practice slash play until the 15th or 16th. Now, when they say six negative test days, like can he practice on that sixth? negative day or does he have to wait until day seven to actually practice if he has if he can play on that sixth day then he would be able he would that would mean he would miss the Rockets first two preseason games and he'd come back on the 15th uh which would put him in line to return for their third preseason game versus Spurs and if he has to play if he can only return on that seventh day which would be the 16th then he would miss three of their four preseason games and only be able to play in their last preseason game versus Spurs on the 17th which would be only one day after he started practicing with the team and then the season starts for the Rockets on the 23rd which is seven days later so he'll have about a week to practice with a completely new team, like, let me not say completely new, because they still have, like, a couple core key pieces, like, you know, they have P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, but, like, his running mate, Russell Westbrook, gone, they're now starting Boogie, like, Christian Wood, like, they have new pieces, like, they're not gonna run, John Wall, they're not gonna run, I don't even think I talked about that, but the whole John Wall versus Westbrook thing, 
let me just give my thoughts on that real quick. Um, I do think that Russell Westbrook is better than John Wall. But in the same realm of thinking, I also believe that John Wall is an upgrade over Russell Westbrook for the type of game style that the Rockets are going to have. Like, for if you're the Rockets, you want the ball in the hands of James Harden, you know, like, and Russell Westbrook obviously took the ball out of his hands quite a lot. Um... Also, in terms of mindset, the way that the Rockets were being played last season with Westbrook is a way in which they haven't been played before because, like, they were purpose teams or defenses were purposely slacking off of Russell Westbrook, allowing him to shoot, and you know, which clogs up the paint and doesn't allow Harden to get to the paint, get to the line as much as he would like to because defenses are okay with letting Westbrook shoot. Now, they're probably going to do that same exact thing to John Wall because, you know, he hasn't played in two years and, you know, he hasn't proved to be the most reliable shooter. But the difference is Westbrook kind of took that as like a as like a jab towards his actual play. Like he took that as defense saying, you know, you're trash. So, of course, in his mind, his ego won't allow him to be like, you know what, I'm just not take the shot. He's like, all right, I'm taking this shit. And whether I miss or make it, you're going to stop disrespecting me. You know, teams didn't stop disrespecting him because, you know, he wasn't really making it that much. You know, like the Lakers, when they played in the, the second round of the uh, last year's playoffs, like he was a liability on the court. <laughs> the Lakers were beating the Rockets pretty bad with Westbrook on the court and the Rockets were playing their best basketball with him off of it. And I think that's because his lack of of being able to, you know, pass pass out of the shot and let Harden initiate the offense, because that's that's what. That's what the Rockets are built upon. Like, everyone stand in a corner, five-out offense, let Harden work, space the floor, stand in the corner, stand on the wing, and let Harden do his thing, you know? And I think John Wall will be a much-willing passer. If they are leaving him open, he's not just going to take the shot to take the shot. He'll give it to Harden, let him initiate an offense, and, you know, hopefully the Rockets will be better for it. But like I said, I think skill-wise, Russell Westbrook is the better player. But I think for the, the type of game plan that the Rockets want to run and have been successful with in the past, John Wall fits their personnel better. And so back to back to Houston. Now that I'm saying that this all originated from, you know, Harden will have a week to practice with his team before the regular season starts in like two weeks. Now, that typically wouldn't be that bad. Like if you were bringing the entire team back, okay, who cares? You know, you played a whole season last year. You already know how to play with each other. And for Harden, it might not be that big of a deal because, you know, like he can step on the court after not playing for two, three months, not picking up a basketball for two, three months. Like if you look at LeBron, he he publicly said, you know, I haven't, I've touched a basketball twice since the season ended, but we know it, it doesn't matter because LeBron's going to hit the court and drop 20, 10 and 10. And the, the same thing goes to Harden. Like he cannot touch a basketball for three months, come on the court, stay in shape and drop 40 on a dime, you know? So like that doesn't matter for him personally, but when you're playing with an, like with a bunch of new players, you're playing with a completely new point guard that you've never played with before like the chemistry between you the two best players on the team presumably in John Wall and James Harden needs to be hitting on all levels and like for Westbrook and Harden 
I think their personal friendship was cool, but like their chemistry on the court wasn't wasn't really hidden for anything. And so for for him to only have a week to practice with John Wall, practice with Boogie, practice with Christian Wood, practice with any other of the guys that they got, that's definitely going to be detrimental to their success. And so, you know, like in the same realm as Harden saying, you know, I don't want to be on this team anymore because, you know, we we haven't proven to be able to win a championship you know like this doesn't really go towards helping your case because you can't say that the Rockets haven't tried to build a championship roster around you because they most certainly have they've made every move in the book to try and capitalize on your play style on your success on the amount of threes that you take on the amount of space you need to get to the basket to draw fouls they've done everything that they can to try and maximize your potential as a player and so for you to go out and you know not really give a damn about being with the team anymore is actually a pretty shitty thing to do you know until like not only that but Everyone and their mom knows, you know, Harden hasn't attended training camp until today. He he was not in Houston until today. It's been an entire Twitter social media storm. Everyone trying to hit a lick off James Harden and go viral with seeing him in a strip club. Oh, I saw him in McDonald's. I saw him in Chick-fil-A. You know, it, he's been everywhere but training camp. So so Harden was at Lil Baby. He didn't report to the first day of training camp because he was at Lil Baby's um Lil Baby's birthday party. And I've seen other people talk about this and they try and like shit on Lil Baby like oh who why would you be hanging out with Lil Baby? Like, just a side note, Lil Baby had one of the best years of any hip-hop artist in the entire world. He had an amazing year this year. So don't try and violate Lil Baby. But yes, he should not, he should have reported to training camp rather than going to Lil Baby's birthday party, which is crazy because maybe that's his best friend. Maybe they're super close, but you know, like you have a job to do, especially in this season when things are going to be harder than maybe ever before for you. Like with COVID, like the bubble was difficult, but they found a way to... I guess the right word would be minimize people's ex- players' exposure to the coronavirus. At, although the NBA has set aside protocols, you won't be able to do that this season. Like, you're going to have to play games. I, there's no doubt in my mind that games are going to get postponed. You're going to have to play games without your complete lineup. Like, there's going to be hiccups in your season. And so your team chemistry this season needs to be as tight as ever because you're going to get put through the ringer. Like, your team's going to get dismantled, might get put back together a couple times. You know, like, things are going to be difficult. And so for you to not be at training camp as a leader of the team, building team chemistry with guys you're about to go to war with in a couple of weeks like that that's not a good look you feel me and so like not only that but it's also disrespectful to the franchise like I feel bad for their new head coach, Steve Silas. Like, how 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 much of this can you take? Even as the, in the front office, like, Harden is your franchise player. He has been for the last couple of years and probably will be. Maybe you want him to be for the next couple more years. But, like, how much more of this can you take? Obviously, it's public that he's requested a trade. But, you know, like, that, that doesn't happen overnight. You know, like, you have to field offers. You might not want to trade him. You might not be getting anything back. I know he said he wants to go to the Nets. Maybe the Nets aren't off. They, they just got fleeced a couple of years ago in one of the most talked about trades with the Celtics ever. Maybe they don't want to do that again. You know, maybe they don't want to give up their next three first round picks. I know the 76ers is another team that Harden said he'd likely want to go to. Um, Daryl Morey, is it maybe he isn't trying to offer Ben Simmons, even though Joel Embiid and James Harden or Ben Simmons and James Harden could be a pretty sick duo. Maybe he isn't offering that, you know, like there's there's other things that go into 
you just saying, you know, I want to be traded, that doesn't happen in four days, five days, two weeks even. Like, that takes months. He maybe he has to reach out to every GM, field offers, talk, get an offer from one GM, go back, tell the other GM so they raise the price. You know, like, things take time. And so I don't know how much more of it the Rockets can take. Like, and then also on another front, like, James Harden, like, he knows what he's doing. You know, like, he, he, he he's not hiding from photos. He's fine with being seen. It's like a complete lack of respect for the franchise because you know like he like it's not hard he's very he's very noticeable figure you know like his nickname is the beard you see a 6566 guy in a strip club throwing bread like it's not hard to to realize oh you know that's James Harden like your nickname literally has to do with your appearance like he's not hiding from anyone he knows that he'll get recognized he knows he'll get seen he knows he'll get posted and he knows that it'll make the Rockets mad and maybe that's his way of trying to force his way out but I don't think that's the proper way to do it you know but but then again who am I? Uh, players have every right to, to express themselves, and if they don't no longer want to be on that team, then they have every right to express that. But, like, I feel like there's a certain way to go about it. This isn't that way. Um, and then it, it kind of just, like, how are you going to now go in to, to, to training camp or going to practice and just, you know, take that role as team leader you know like if if i'm john wall if i'm demarcus cousins i'm like no bro like you weren't here when the season started and you publicly disrespected us as a team like you not coming to training camp you not wanting to play here anymore even after we've made these moves only shows me that you don't want to play with me and you don't respect or or my skill set or you don't think that i'm enough to help you get to a championship if i'm john wall that's how i'm feeling i'm like all right cool you know it's whatever, bro. You don't want to come. I'm not going to force you to come. But if the way you're the way you're moving right now makes me feel disrespected because now I feel like you don't want to play with me. You feel me? And so, like, how are they going to now play an entire season with John Wall and, and James Harden being their primary ball handlers when they don't even have much chemistry? Like, we see how that worked out for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and the Clippers. It didn't at all. So I just don't see how that's gonna go for 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 the for the Rockets. Like if I'm them, you can't come into a huddle now and talk about you know like respect and talk about us as a team and try and lead us on the offensive or defensive end because you've shown no type of leadership throughout the times leading up to the regular season. So now that whole locker room might be fractured because James Harden's inability to you know just show up that's all we ask for you to do just show up maybe you could have held out but like just show up just be there for them you know like as a as the team leader your new guys are expecting you to come in and you know lead them <laughs> so so like you your inability to do that like does that devalue him as a trade asset even like obviously everybody knows James Harden is James Harden he's one of the best players in the NBA a top 10 player in the league maybe top five but like intangibles also go into that too and like your ability to be a leader your ability to deal with frustration your ability to deal with 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 anything that's thrown your way and like he hasn't shown himself to be one of those guys that is willing to just you know put everything on his back and be like all right let's ride and would a team want to trade for for someone like that and give up, you know, possibly a couple young players and a couple picks to get someone back who you know when the going gets tough might not react the way you want them to as your team leader. And so now that Harden's in Houston, we'll see how things shape out. Um, I don't really know. I think it'll be interesting to see the dynamics that come from that team this season. But I also wouldn't be surprised if halfway through the year, you know, reports are coming out that the Rockets are just an absolute mess. And you shouldn't be shocked either because, you know, 
they 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 don't have any team chemistry and and that's what happens for teams like that um speaking of no team chemistry like i just said the pg and Kawhi clippers debacle now the athletic dropped this article out of absolute nowhere that basically exposed all of the wrongdoings and, and turmoil in the clippers locker room over the past season and so like i'm gonna go through it and talk about all the special treatment that the clippers got what i thought was wrong what i thought was okay and like maybe why that had a negative effect on the locker room so here we go number one uh leonard and george were the only players to have their own personal security guards and trainers now i don't think that that had a huge impact on why they had no sort of chemistry you know like i think i don't think the players really like tripped off that like cool they're the most high profile guys so they have their own security guards you know like that's that's fine up next though leonard and george had power over the team's practice and travel schedule leading teammates to believe Leonard canceled multiple practices. Now, whether Kawhi was behind the canceled practices or not, like, it's still a bad look that your team would even think that you would be the guy behind the scenes canceling multiple practices. Like, that in itself is horrible. But, like, giving Kawhi and Paul George control and complete power over the team's practice schedule is crazy like isn't that supposed to be what the coaching staff does like like it's not surprising why they had so many problems next leonard was allowed to live in san diego and commute from there which often made him late for team flights now now san diego and los angeles aren't aren't super far apart but it's still like a two-hour drive from san diego to la so unless Kawhi was hopping on private jets from san diego to los angeles Angeles like that's a cool two-hour drive every time you're taking the team playing with the team you know and so like if that caused other guys to wait like their time is also money even the last guy on the roster maybe him more so than anybody because like while Kawhi like all you really got to do is play basketball to make your bread like if I'm the last player on the Clippers roster I'm like yo bro like you need to hurry up and get to the team bus because after practice, I got to go do this to, to make a little extra bread. Like, I got to go do this to make some extra bread for my family because, like, my pieces aren't hitting the same way that yours are, bro. So, like, that's just inconsiderate to everyone else on the team. Next, they typically didn't speak to the media until at least 45 minutes after the game concluded, which usually resulted in their teammates speaking with the media first and for longer, essentially being the public voices of the team. Now, that in itself is just all types of, of fucked up because, you know, like, if you're the, now people like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly are answering, Landry Shamit are answering questions that should be directed at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, when they're asking Montrez, Lou Will, Pat Bev, Landry Shamit, uh, Jermichael Green, Marcus Morris, why why'd you guys lose the game you know like it's very it's very easy for them to be like you know um uh because you know we we didn't play defense or we weren't great on the offensive end but like those questions should be directed towards the two leaders of the team who took the most shots who take the the lead on defense who their two best defenders their two best players on both the offensive and defensive end like those questions should be directed towards you guys and now you're taking the back seat and making those guys answer the hard questions when you're the face of the franchise like for Kawhi, you're the one bro with, with all the billboards and all the commercials you're the one with the two finals mvps you're the one that's supposed to be the savior that was supposed to get the clippers to the chip for pg bro you never stop talking you also are the one on billboards you're also the one with with the most endorsements like 
you're the the four time all defensive team like come come on bro like you too are the players that should be taking the brunt of the questions you should be answering the hard questions because that's the cross that you bear as the two guys that get the most perks anyway so like that 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 burden shouldn't fall on the 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 pat bevs the lou wills the marcus morrises of the world because they're not getting that same treatment it's cliche but you know like that whole with great power comes great responsibility thing applies here because you know like with great power, the power that you guys have over the entire organization, canceling practices or doing whatever else, also comes the responsibility to answer the tough questions that the media might ask. And the fact that you made other guys go out there and do that leads to why they don't trust you or they don't believe in you or your locker room chemistry wasn't hitting the way that other teams were. Um, next, they also, oh God, they also believe that Leonard and George were able to pick and choose when they played. Now that's just wild. Like, yes, Kawhi, and PG are your star players. Every star player gets rested. That's cool. But the fact that they just got to, that their teammates believed that they just got to pick and choose whenever they played is wild. Because that means that they, like, whenever they didn't play, it's that thought in the back of their mind, like, okay, so why am I going to go suit up when our two best players don't think that this game is worth playing for? You know, like, why am I going to go out here and bust my ass when our two best players feel like this game isn't worth their talents? I'm not. If, if I'm Pat Bev, if I'm Lou Will, I'm not. Like, I don't, if you don't care, I don't care, bro. So if you're the leaders of the team, which they obviously weren't, but they should have been, that type of mindset, it just isn't going to help anybody. And like, PG and Kawhi haven't earned anything with the Clippers. Like, yes, Kawhi was coming off a chip. That's cool. Like, in in the eyes of the Clippers, his superstar treatment was warranted. But, you know, for, for guys like Paul George, who have a literal record or, or like is known for being trash in the playoffs why are you getting this treatment like yes you can drop 30 on a dime and lock up the other team's best player but when we actually need you to do that to advance us to the conference finals you disappear bro so i don't know where why you're getting this, this this special treatment if you can't make make things happen for us when it when we actually need it it's cool that you can drop 30 in the in, in the regular season but why can't you do it when we need you to? And so that's probably the mindset that they had. Um, for guys like Trez and Lou Will, who did their thing last season and got them into the playoffs, like, all to be disrupted by these two divas in Kawhi and PG who couldn't even win anything for you, like, that doesn't feel great. They're also not the type of guys to get team outings going. Like, for example, LeBron, he gets probably insane star treatment. But, like, he's also the number one guy to, you know, start a group chat or be like, yo, guys, let's come through, come to the crib, chill, drink some wine, like, let's go bowling, let's go out to dinner. Like, LeBron's the guy from multiple sources, from multiple teammates, who sets those things up. So his teammates believe in him. His teammates actually rock with him. So when he's getting this star treatment, they're like, oh, yeah, he deserves it. Like, there's no there's no qualms in the Lakers locker room about LeBron getting an extra training session here or there or coming out the locker room a couple of minutes late. Like, they they know what it is because they actually rock with him on and off the court and and you know like Lou Williams himself said that they didn't have the chemistry to win a championship whose job is it to try and foster and create that chemistry it's Kawhi and PG's like and neither one of them seemed like they were willing to take on that challenge like who is the leader of the Clippers whoever guys as you're listening to this please ask that question to yourself who is the leader of the Clippers do you know
can you confidently say Kawhi is the leader of the Clippers? Can you confidently say Paul George is the leader of the Clippers? Lou Will, Pat Bev, like, I guess Pat Bev is who I would say, but, like, even still, I don't think that he is. Like, every team has an established leader, every good team at least, like the Lakers, you know, Bron runs the show, like, Bron and AD run the show, you know, for the Bucks, Giannis runs the show, the Celtics, Tatum, as young as he is, by all accounts, is a great team leader. Luca runs the show for the Mavs. Kyle Lowry runs the show for the Raptors. Jimmy for the Heat. It also doesn't have to be your best player. Like, Pat Bev very well could be the leader of the Clippers, but even he stated, like, you know, I felt, like, uncomfortable leading the Clippers because Kawhi and PG didn't create that space to feel comfortable with someone else taking the lead. And so they either need to do that and make other players like Pat Bell and Lou. Pat Bell, <laughs> Pat Bev and Lou Will feel comfortable taking the reins or they need to do that themselves. And until that happens, I don't feel like the Clippers are going to be able to win a championship. Um, that's just how it is. Like on to, to my next topic, PG, since we're already here, Paul George saying he wants to be a Clipper for life. Do you believe him? I would like to know everyone out there. Do you believe that Paul George actually wants to be a Clipper for life because I personally do and I shit on Paul George all the time but I'm about to I'm about to, to talk my shit for him right here so yes he did say the same thing about the Pacers you know he said uh I would like to I think the biggest thing in wanting to win a championship and be the first to win a championship and bring that to Indiana he said that in like 2017 uh, months later he requested to be traded in 2018 in the summer of 2018 he said, uh, I'm here to stay with Russell Westbrook. Cause some of you might remember, I remember being a video on Twitter. He's on like stage with a bunch of Thunder fans on the night of free agency. And he says like, I'm here to stay with Russell Westbrook on stage right next to him, hyping up the crowd. And then next summer, which was last summer, he informed the Thunder that he wanted to be traded. Um, now he said he wants to be a Clipper for life. He wants to retire there. The Clippers are where his heart is. I believed him all of those times, and I think he believed himself when he said it. I think he meant it. He wanted out of Indy because, uh, before I even get into that, you know, like, there's, I'm sure he wanted, when he said those things at that point in time, they were true, you know, like, he when, when he said that he wanted to be with Indiana forever, he truly believed that. He truly meant that. But, you know, things change. It's the same thing, like, in a relationship. Like, with your significant other, things are going amazing. You're like, oh, this is the person I want to marry. This is the person I want to be for the rest of my life. Obviously, all relationships don't end like that, or else there would never be breakups. There would never be heartbreaks. You know, things change. When 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 Paul George was with Indiana and things were going great when he said that, I'm sure that's what he believed. But, you know, months later, when he realized, you know, the, the team – the, the the management can't build a proper championship team around me. He wanted out just the same way. And when you're in a relationship and you realize, you know, we're not compatible anymore. We've changed as people. Or maybe one person cheated on the other person. Like, you know, you want out of that relationship. And you have every right to want that. Same thing with Paul George. Um, When it comes to OKC, he wanted out of OKC because he and Russ had failed consecutive times. Also, a player like Kawhi Leonard comes a calling, comes knocking on your door, wanting to play with you in your hometown city. How are you going to say no to that? You know, like things weren't working in his current situation. One of the best players in the league who, who was fresh off a championship comes and not only says to you, you know, I want to play with you specifically, but I want to play with you in the city that you're from. Also, which a lot of people fail to mention, you know, he went back to L.A. because his mother was dealing with severe health issues and she had just 
come fresh off of a stroke. So, like, he wanted to be with her in Los Angeles, one. Kawhi Leonard wanted to play with him in Los Angeles, two. And, you know, he is from Los Angeles. So, like, the three things worked out perfectly. And I feel like now, as he's saying he wants to be a Clipper for life, again, I believe him. And, you know, that doesn't mean that he will be a Clipper for life. But at this current state, whenever he said it, December 8th, December 7th, whenever he the words came out of his mouth... He meant it. He wants to be a Clipper for life at this very moment. If something changes, then maybe he won't want to be a Clipper for life. Let's say Kawhi leaves next year. He won't want to be a Clipper for life. Let's say the Clippers are absolutely horrible this year, which is very, very unlikely. But let's say it happens. Once again, he won't want to be a Clipper for life, you know. But as he, as they are right now, currently constructed, coming into the season, he wants to be a Clipper for life. And that's that. Like, he has every right to change his mind because, you know, I'm with the player empowerment thing. Even with Harden earlier, like, I understand not wanting to be on the Rockets anymore I just think there was a better way to go about it and now since we're since we're talking about every player might as well dive into ESPN's top 20 now the thing you must the thing that makes this list way 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 easier to understand they put this little note at the beginning they know people don't read the, the, the note in the beginning they're just there for the players but they put it in the beginning it says it's not who they think is better now it's who they think will have the better 2020 2021 nba season so like it's the their ranking isn't based on who they think is the better skilled player or the more skilled player they're ranking it based on who they believe is going to have the better season so that that might ease your mind when it comes to to things like putting Duncan Robinson ahead of DeMar DeRozan like is DeMar DeRozan a better overall player than Duncan Robinson yes I don't think anyone can argue that but will Duncan Robinson have a better 2020 to 2021 NBA season this upcoming year it's highly likely that he will you know like the Spurs aren't going anywhere if DeMar if, if they were two stocks DeMar DeRozan's stock is going down nowhere but down while Duncan Robinson's is going nowhere but up so like that's that's reasonable but I could see why if you're thinking like this is a list of pure player skill why it would be crazy to put Duncan Robinson over DeMar DeRozan now the thing they they are still even with saying that there are still some wild rankings on here like putting Tyler Hero, Dave Davis Bertans, Lonzo Ball and Robert Covington and Eric Bledsoe all above D'Angelo Russell is crazy to me like and yes my favorite player is D'Angelo Russell so maybe I'm biased but like D'Lo was an all-star two years ago he was still pretty, pretty, pretty freaking good last year. Now, you're putting him with, and who's the best player Dilo's ever played with? Let's just go out and say that. Who's the best player he's ever played with? Who, Karis LeVert? Like, that's great. Karis is nice. But he's nowhere on the level of Carl Anthony Towns. A big, who he can now run the pick and roll with, which is where he excels, by the way. He excels in the mid-range. He excels on the pick and roll. Now, you have a guy that can not only run that pick and roll effectively but cut and cut to the basket, but also pop out for three, which is going to make it even harder for defenses to, to guard it. Now, D'Lo set up for the best season that he's ever had. So I don't understand how you can really say Lonzo Ball is going to have a better season than D'Angelo Russell when, cool, Lon, maybe Lonzo takes that next step. But last season, the ball was in his hands as much as it's ever going to be with Zion not on the court. You know, like, Zion played 24 games. In those 24 games, Lonzo had the ball in his hands more, obviously. But, like, now, let's say, let's go into the assumption that Zion plays closer to a full season than he did last year. The ball's only going to leave Lonzo's hands more. They just paid, paid Brandon Ingram a max. He's going to have the ball in his hands quite a lot. Like, if Lonzo didn't excel last season, what's to say he's going to have a better season than D'Angelo Russell, who's in a better situation? 
situation this year. Same thing with Eric Bledsoe. Now he has Drew Holiday there, who will only take the ball out of his hands even more than playing with Giannis and Chris Middleton. Like DeMar DeRozan and and uh, Duncan Robinson, like D'Angelo Russell stock is going up. Eric Bledsoe's stock is going down. Robert Covington, like, we know what he is. He's a sharpshooter. He's a guy that you pass him the ball for a spot-up shot, he's knocking it down. That's cool. There's no way that he has a better overall season than D'Angelo Russell. I'm sorry. Davis Bertans, we also know what he is. Knockdown shooter on the Wizards, who he's now playing with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. He's not having a better season than D'Angelo Russell. And then last but not least, the most hyped up NBA player, maybe top 10 at least, most hyped NBA player, Mr. Tyler Harrow. Oh my God. I don't care that he had a great bubble. I don't care that he no longer comes off the bench for the Heat. That's cool. He's still not having a better statistical season than D'Angelo Russell next year. I'm sorry. Now on to more. You know, they put John Morant over Russell Westbrook. Is John Morant going to have a, like, like I said, like, it comes up to, when you relate it to stocks, like, if Russ is, like, we've seen what Russell Westbrook is, like, we've seen the best of Russell Westbrook, we know what he is, he's never going to get any better than he is, possibly right now, there's nowhere to go but down for him, is what I'm saying, for Ja, we don't know what his ceiling could be, like, we've seen Russ's ceiling, with that triple-double averaging MVP season, cool, that's Russ's ceiling, is he still that, we don't know, but even if he was to get there, this season, which I don't think he will, like, we still don't know what Ja is, Ja could be better than that, you know, like, is Ja ever gonna average a triple-double? Probably not, but statistically, like, Ja will probably, could probably have a better season this upcoming year than Russell Westbrook could, you know, putting Kyle Lowry over Russell Westbrook, that's where I think they get a little wild, like, once again, we know what Kyle Lowry is, we know what Russell Westbrook is, Russell Westbrook has always been better than Kyle Lowry, I think he will continue to be better than Kyle Lowry, now, this is where we get a little bit wild, you know, they put Zion at 19, ahead of Paul George, Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Pascal Siakam, Zion has played in 24 career games, was he nice in those 24 career games? Hell yes, he was, but still, there's something to be said about playing 24 career games when the main knock on you coming in to your NBA career was your durability and your ability to stay on the court. Now, I think everyone that had that problem with Zion coming in feels validated. We have yet to see Zion play at least 25 games. Like, that's crazy. So to put him at 19 ahead of guys like Paul George, Bradley Beal, who we know have proven they can do it, Colin Anthony Towns, who up until last season had played like 82 games every year of his career, uh, Pascal Siakam, who is an all-star, you know, like to put him there is kind of wild, and then Jimmy Butler below Jason Tatum, it's only one spot, but like after Jimmy just did what he did in the finals, basically became Superman to, to lead that Heat team to a six-game series when it very well could have been over in four or five, like he deserves more respect than to go behind Jason Tatum, like I don't care that Tatum is probably, maybe has a better statistical season than Jimmy Butler, like he deserves some sort of respect, you know, and then they've yet to release their top 10, and the only players that are still left are Jokic, Dame, Luka, Steph, Harden, Giannis, KD, AD, Kawhi, and LeBron, and the way that I think, now, first of all, let me give you what I would put as my top 10. I'd have LeBron first. I don't think that's debatable. Uh, KD second, even though he has, he didn't play last year. He's still the second best player in the league. Um, Anthony Davis is third. Uh, the fact that the Lakers have two top three players in the NBA is crazy. Giannis is fourth. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is five. Steph Curry, even though he didn't play last season, is still six. Luka at seven. 
Harden at 8, Dame at 9, Jokic at 10. Now, the way I think that ESPN would do it, since it's based on who's going to have the better season, I wouldn't be shocked if Luka was in the top 5. I wouldn't be shocked if Luka was in the top 4, honestly. I think they still put LeBron 1, maybe. I could see them putting KD 1. Whoever they think is going to be MVP is going to go 1, because they think it's based on one season. So, cool. I I say... I actually, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they don't put LeBron one. I could very well see them putting like Anthony Davis as number one. <laughs> like, I think they put AD one, KD two, LeBron three, Giannis four, like Luka five, Kawhi six, Steph Curry seven, Dame eight, Harden nine, Jokic ten, or something like that. Like, they're, they're going to throw something in there to create conversation because like I said on Twitter, that is what this entire list is for. Like, a lot of these writers probably don't even believe half of what the rankings say, and this is why they do it based on who's going to have the better upcoming season rather than who the better player is, because they know it'll generate conversation, get people talking, get people on their platform, get people tweeting about ESPN. Like, ESPN was trending a couple of days ago. Like, when you look up ESPN, it straight up comes up as top 100, top 50 to 100. Like, that's what comes up. That's what they want. They want to generate conversation around their rankings, and that's what they end up doing every single year because people like me people like you people like everyone listening to this talk about it and so at the end of the day they're getting their bread like they're, they're doing their job but it, it generates conversation generates criticism and that that's i guess they're fine with taking the criticism as long as they're getting the clicks you know like any as long as people are talking about you it's a good thing in their mind and so that's where that's where i stand with the espn top 20 rankings i think once you realize that it's who they think will have the better season and not who the better player is it kind of becomes a little bit easier to, to, to like listen to their rankings and believe them but there's still some wild things in here regardless and uh yeah with that i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the run it up podcast i'm gonna go ahead and get up out of here please subscribe to the run it up podcast on apple podcast follow us on spotify you can just look up run it up podcast or you can look up blue wire hustle on apple podcast either way we come up please leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts. five stars would be lovely but i appreciate it also if it's for anything less than that you can just keep it moving <laughs> now i'm playing uh i appreciate all of the the love or the constructive criticism so just leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts. um you can follow us on twitter at fronted up pod you can follow me on twitter at Najee adams underscore shout out to blue wire hustle for giving me this opportunity to begin with uh batch three is opening up so if you're interested in having your own podcast a part of blue wire hustle i can't recommend it highly enough uh, Um, It's amazing. You work with some incredible people and you have such an opportunity to build your brand. So um, if you want to look at and check out Batch 3 of Blue Wire Hustle, um, I retweeted it a couple days ago. So you can go to my Twitter or you can just look up Blue Wire Hustle on Twitter and uh, you see the tweet by Ty, by Kevin, by everyone a part of it. So make sure you go check that out if you're interested. And uh, yeah, next episode is going to be super, I'm super excited for it because I'm going to have my girlfriend, Christy, on and we're going to talk about interracial relationships, uh, best Christmas songs, um, and just, you know, dive into my personal life a little bit more and it uh, should be fun. So like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Run It Up podcast and let's run it up. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Run It Up Podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at NajeeAdams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up Podcast.